All right, I want to welcome you to the Bethel Podcast. Pastor Tim Gibb here, and uh, we're really excited today to have some of my favorite people on the planet. Paul and Donna Pafard are with us today. Hey. Yay! Hey, Pastor Tim, we're glad to be here today. Good to be here. So if you come to Bethel at all, Paul and Donna normally sit right at the very front. I really, Basically, I preach to Paul every Sunday. Just, <laughs> just preaching at him, and then Amen. the rest of the people listen. Well done. Bring it. Come on, uh, Pastor. Because he's right in front of me with Donna. But uh, Paul's a real estate agent in Petrolia and done that for many years. And Donna, his wife, is working at New Life Assembly in Petrolia. That's right. Like our sister church. Mm-hmm. So that's really exciting. So maybe you guys can tell me a little bit uh, how long you've been coming to Bethel and maybe just start there. Well, I think this is about five years now we've been coming to Bethel almost. Okay. And we certainly have uh, enjoyed every minute of it. It's been So right around 2014. 14. Then. Is that right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Donna's making motions here to say to Paul, when you talk, look at the mic. Look at the mic. No, I'm looking at the person I'm talking to. I know. To. You can just move the mic a little bit as we it's talk. It's all good. It's no problem. Yeah, 2014. Uh, so 2014 was a real key year for you guys, because isn't that the year you got married? We got married in 2010. 2010. Well, yes. what do I know? 2010. So nine years. Next year will be your 10th anniversary. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's been a real interesting ride. God's been with us every step of the way. Yeah. And sometimes we haven't really realized he was with us until we look back at the situation. That's right. Okay. So you're married in 2010. Yes. 10, 10, 10. 10, 10, 10. 10, 10, 10. Yes. That's the way not to forget it. (laughs) I picked that date. It was a Thanksgiving (laughs) Sunday. Okay. And we were married at New Life Assembly um, during a Thanksgiving service where they had the service, similar to what happened once at Bethel. We did a wedding right in the Sunday morning service. Right after the service. So right after the service. And then we had all the congregation stay for a luncheon. Yep. Beautiful. It was. Great. So I know that um, when you got married, you sort of planned um, a little bit of a honeymoon as a missions trip. Right. kind of down the line, right, a few months away. And you yeah. said to people, if I remember, like, hey, you don't have to bring a gift, but if you want to donate That's to right. our missions cause, mm-hmm. yep. and the plan was to go to the Ukraine. That's right. Now, I think Paul had been there before. Yes. And Donna, you had I not hadn't. been. No. Okay. So you get married, and then the plan was sometime in the spring or something, like you yep. got married in October, spring, go right. on to Ukraine. That's exactly right. Right. Okay. And so you're doing a bit of fundraising and supporting it, and anybody wanted to contribute so, you're excited, newly married. Newly married. And what do you, you always refer to Donna as your... Well, it's my bunny. Your bunny. <laughs> yeah. There's another thing, though, you always say. So, my Italian... Oh, my, oh, my, my spicy Italian wife. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's it. Feisty, spicy. Feisty, spicy. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, that's awesome. So, you're uh, newly married and then looking forward to doing this missions work, a missions trip together. Yeah. Right? And so, it's kind of exciting. All things are new and God's yep. blessing. And then sometime in early 2011, yeah. yeah, you get uh, some word from your doctor, right? Yeah. And so just, talk to us a little bit about that. Well, we were so excited because 
you know, we, we took our honeymoon, uh, really, at a conference in Toronto. Okay. At a, at a fire conference. Oh, my gosh. Why'd you do that? Well, it was what we wanted to do. Like, when we were looking for partners that were born again, spirit-filled, and wanted to serve the Lord right. in a special way. Sure. And that was in both our hearts. So uh, we went... So your honeymoon was at a church conference. It was yes. at a church conference. Oh, yeah. We went oh early goodness. for soaking, which was really uh, romantic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we're, you know, three, four thousand people there, full of the Holy Spirit, oh, joy and laughter, and mm-hmm. we enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. And because we were newlyweds, they kind of picked on us a bit from... You know, from the platform, hey, you guys, you're on your honeymoon, and you know, that kind of thing. So we had lots of great words spoke over us on numerous occasions about what was going to happen in the future, you know, how God would may or may not use us. But Lots of prophetic words. It was encouraging, and we were full of joy, Mm -hmm. you know, and just as it happens to anybody else in life, you're, you're looking forward, you have plans, you're newlyweds. And God is good. Right. So and you're looking like a whole fresh start. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fresh start yeah, for, beautiful. for both of us. Okay. My wife had passed from sickness before, and and uh, she's with the Lord now, which is a great thing. And um, so we're starting a new life together, you know, yeah. at a mature age. But we were ready to go. Yeah. And as it would happen, and you know, the world throws loops into you, and sometimes the enemy does too. Uh, it was, I think it was in March of 2011, it was about six months after we were married. We got married on October 10th, 2010, and uh, I had doubled over in pain. So just suddenly one day? Just suddenly one day. Wow. You know, we had moved to uh, Kettle Point. At that point in time, we felt a call to, to missions work, and we wanted to start locally. Um, and we had all this other trip already already planned as well. Okay, so kind of two things were actually happening exactly. in ministry, right? Yeah. Yeah. So not just the short-term mission trip to Ukraine right. that was planned, but also like a pastoral role at mm-hmm. Kettle Point. Assist- like, yes. assistant, assistant pastoral would come alongside the okay. existing pastor. And you actually moved to Kettle Point. We yes. did. We thought okay. in order to really do what we wanted to do there, what we felt God was on our hearts, we needed to live there amongst the people and understand the hearts of the people so we right. could use as properly we just didn't want to pop in and pop out like many do sure which is fine you know but yeah. we just felt a different kind of call in our life to missions and whether Absolutely. it was kettle point or the ukraine we wanted to give but the thing i know about both of you is you both have a real heart for ministry yeah. both of you love people love to see the lord work in people's lives true yes yeah yeah so, um, so I just want to keep moving that you had this experience one day, so you double over in pain. I doubled over in pain, yeah. uh, and I, it was so excruciating, I, I just couldn't do anything. I said, we've got to go to emergency. So Donna drove me to Petrolia Hospital and to emerge there, and all I could think of with this great pain at the time was a scripture that I first learned when I got saved, and it was First Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. And it just said, be joyful always, give thanks always, and, and praise the Lord in all circumstances. And that's what I started doing. I was on a gurney in pain, and I was thanking and praising God for his goodness in my life. Wow. Not for the pain and not for sure. whatever was happening, right. but because it was God's plan. He said, this is my will for you to do this. Okay. And I took that scripture to heart, and I used it, and God started a journey that was beyond my expectations because we sought him immediately 
in times of trouble, mm -hmm. in this pain. But the report came back that you had cancer. Right. right. As a matter of fact, they found blood in my urine, and uh, when they did, uh, they sent a scope inside, they put a camera up inside you, and they found a huge tumor between my bladder and my kidney. Right. And they took a picture of it, and that was uh, very scary for us. You yeah. know, cancer is a scary word for all kinds of people, and yet they're saying 40% people will contract some sort of form of cancer, but mm. it doesn't happen to you until it happens to you. You know right. what I mean? You don't realize it. So that was a real journey to find a doctor that would help us, and we had a surgeon that uh, had initially done the diagnosis but was retiring and leaving the, the business, and we were left with a 8 by 10 glossy photo of this huge tumor and nothing we could do. Oh, my goodness. So, Donna, what's going through your mind? Here you are, newly married, a fresh start, and, uh, you know, with its aspirations and uh, for the ministry, and you get the big bad report. Well, I was in shock at first right. because um, back before I even moved to Sarnia, when I was preparing to come, my daughters had come up this way, and I felt compelled to be closer to them. I was left on my own at that time, and it gave me a lot of time to be in relationship with the Lord and draw closer to Him. And He actually gave me a vision of Paul and our wedding ceremony and everything as it had happened. And so I felt that there was a calling, there was a purpose on our relationship. And this was an attack against that. And it was, it was just a call to arms. It was, we're going to fight this. We're going to get past this. Um, having a doctor that gives you a glossy print and says, uh, good luck with that is very <laughs> difficult. But um, we had angels that came to our rescue through his receptionist, actually, who gave us an appointment that was meant for someone else okay. uh, to another doctor who has just been a godsend to us. And um, so I think one of the things I'm just hearing right there is when the bad report comes and something really challenging, you have to look for the, the even what seems like small signs that God's with you. Right. 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 Like even the change of schedule or like, you know, and mm -hmm. and and the things that uh, like this other doctor, sometimes you even see almost things that may seem like a setback at first. If we trust the word that says all things will work together for the good of those who love the Lord, yeah. Yeah. it might seem like a setback that day, but maybe it's actually a setup right. for, you know, uh, God's provision for your life. Yes. Yeah. But we don't see that in the day-to-day. -day. That's, right. it that's where it's a real yeah. walk of faith, right? You're so right, Pastor Tim. And I think part of when challenges come in our lives, setbacks, whatever, is we have choices to make right away. Right. We need it's to choose word. immediately what you're going to do about it. Right. If you, are you going to go down in the dumps, go in the tube, feel, feel sorry for yourself, take pain pills, you know, tranquilize? What are you going to do? Right. Are you going to thank God for what he has done and remember his faithfulness and take a scripture and bring it to your heart and repeat it back to God, his promises? Or are you just going to wallow in your own So what were some of the things you guys like actually did? Because obviously when you feel the pain... And, you know, the, the, the obviously fear, the natural fear that can overcome, mm -hmm. how are you overcoming that? Like, what are some things that you would do to cause yourself to rise above in faith 
what kind of the natural. Yeah, my wife was the leader in that right. area. And because so, Donna, I, you went to war a little bit. Yes, or I not, did. shouldn't say a little bit. <laughs> How do you go to war a little bit? You went well, to I war. pulled in troops. Right. So that we surrounded ourselves with prayer warriors yep. who, in turn, um, got in touch with their prayer warriors and they got in touch with theirs. And so we really had an army praying. So you didn't for just us. keep this to yourselves? No. No. And we were also so involved at Kettle Point with the ministry there yep. that I believe that was a lifeline as well because it kept us focused. Yeah. on what it was that we were there to do. Okay. And so it kept our worries at bay. When we were preparing different services, we would have people in our home, we would feed them, we would have a ministry, we'd have communion, we'd have so full, what I'm, full service. What, what I'm hearing in that is because you had a ministry, sometimes it would shift your mind off of your own situation mm-hmm. and like towards other people. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, That's right. Which... I think is really important. Now, not everybody is like in full-time ministry like you were in that moment, but uh, I think a real key is to um, look to like find other needs to minister to. Like not so now you're just focused on yourself and your own situation. Right. right? Well, I mean, I had observed having been in church. I got saved in 1988, but having been in a Pentecostal environment ever since that time, I had observed people when trouble came in their life that they would run away. Right. They, it's like I, the worst thing you can actually do. It is the craziest thing. Right. And I realized that immediately. So you don't run from God and from the body of Christ. Right. You run towards it Exactly. in times of trouble. We're here, all different parts of the body of Christ, to serve each other and to help each other. Right. And we realized that and, and actually took it to heart and did that. Right. And found that the body of Christ truly indeed is necessary for your restoration, right. for your healing. So the mirror, yeah, go ahead. Donna. I'd like to just tell you one little story because you asked the question, why did you go to a church for your honeymoon? Right. Well, <laughs> we went to that church and then when Paul, after Paul was diagnosed, one day he was having a particularly hard time and I said, I'm bringing you to the doctor, get in the truck. And we drove to Toronto. Wow. And when we got there, we were given favor. We weren't rest registered for the conference that was happening at that time, but there was an individual who we prayed for. He was a priest who was allowed to marry and had asked us to pray for him for marriage because we were there on our honeymoon and he felt that was anointed. And he escorted us to his seat in the front row and sat us down and we were ministered to at that time. So oh. it all really came back to us. Excellent. Great. So uh, just to move forward here, um, you saw the goodness of God, but the miracles didn't just all start happening immediately. No. Like you had to go through a fiery trial, right? Well, so there's a couple fiery trials that you were facing, one with your health. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's just talk about that for a little bit because um, there was cancer there yes. and it just didn't disappear immediately. No. You actually had to have some operations. Right. And uh, some things were done. and So yeah. basically that large tumor between my kidney and bladder was removed. Yeah. And we thought that was the end of it. Yeah. And as you know, uh, healing can come in different shapes and forms. It can be instantaneous or it can be the working of miracles. Right. Uh, God works out your salvation. And so God, uh, we found out, and maybe I'm skipping too far ahead, but... 
we found out he's more interested in a relationship with you and being intimate with you. And if he knows that by giving you a million dollars, you're going to run the other way, he won't do it. Mm -hmm. And if he knows if he's going to heal you immediately and you no longer want to be close to him or in relationship, he probably won't do it. Yeah. So I think what I'm understanding you're saying is it's not necessarily that God was put, puts cancer on people, but no. he doesn't waste anything that comes into our lives. Right. Exactly. Right? And we know God doesn't have sickness to give us. Right. I mean, the, what the Bible talks there's about. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. And I we're mean, to pray for the kingdom to come. In heaven. Exactly. And so we realized that it wasn't from God. It's from living in a broken, sinful world right. that's controlled by the prince of darkness. And... We also have consequences for sin in our life. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember growing up as a kid, I didn't hear of cancer. Yeah. So I've, we've been thinking where and why there's there so much cancer now. Sure. But aside so, from that. So we would understand that um, some sickness is a direct result of someone's sin. Mm-hmm. You know, certain actions people take and they encounter a disease or a sickness. But then other times, just by the nature of the fallen world exactly. that we live in, you know, uh, these things can happen and do happen, but praise God, we have a Savior and we have Hallelujah. a healer and we have a Redeemer, right? God is amazing. And we're not in this world alone and we're not without help. So it was a process for you. Yes. There was operations. You had a tumor removed. Yeah, and, and then, and, you know, the cancer showed up in my kidney, in my right kidney. Yeah. Um, and the diagnosis there was we have to remove your kidney. Right. And, of course, all along we're pressing in with God, trying to draw closer. Sometimes, you know, your faith will waver a little and maybe you'll get a little discouraged. But so did King Jehoshaphat in Second mm. Chronicles 20. Mm. Right. You know, like he wasn't sure what to do, right. and, but he went straight to God, and that's what we did. Right. And so we kept going to God, we kept going in prayer and humbling ourselves for it. One of the mistakes I did make, and I remember, is I kept asking God to heal me. Okay. And through the journey, through the loss of the kidney, and through the loss of that tumor, and then finding out later that cancer came into my bladder. Right. I realized that God was trying to get my attention, and I was trying to only get his attention. Mm. It wasn't mutual. I see. And so I was asking God, just heal me. I would try and find the anointed person or the one that could lay hands on me, but the truth was that's not what God wanted. Right. He wanted a relationship so that he could personally touch me with his own hand. Right. And I can say, too, that I really feel that we experienced a turning point when we stopped begging God Okay. to heal, okay. but we started thanking him for his healing. Sure. We started reciting his promises back to him and right. saying, thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to your word. Thank you, Lord, that right. you have healed him right. by the stripes that Jesus bore. And it just changed our prayer life. It changed us, even though I wasn't healed. Right. So I think what I'm hearing you say is that it's not that it's never appropriate to say, Lord, I want, I'm asking you to heal me or heal this person. Mm-hmm. But I know you've said, Paul, because I've heard you preach it a few times now, um, that uh, you, know, you came to a point where you were seeking the, the giver of the gift mm-hmm. more than the gift itself. That's right. Like you became mm-hmm. more just in love with Jesus. Yes. And Lord, I just surrender to your will. And even knowing healing is his will, but like I, my, I just want like my heart to be changed, my life to be yes. changed more than just even my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't have happened unless I had the journey. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I thank God even now for the journey. So I talk about the journey, and I, I can appreciate that even in the painful journey. We can look back and we say, thank God for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, great song by Andre Crouch. Uh, some people don't know who he is. Uh, people wouldn't, but he wrote a song called Through It All. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, the verse goes, I thank him for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys. I thank God for the storms he brought me through. And then the line is so good, because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve it. Amen. I wouldn't know what faith in Amen. God can do. Amen. And so, you know, God does allow us to go through certain things at times, and life just happens to us. Of course, the devil's always at work. But God never wastes those things, mm-hmm. and he can turn them, and we're going to get into this as we just finish up here in a little bit, but we're going to, how God can turn this into a yeah. huge blessing testimony, miracle. So many blessings. So many blessings. Wow. But I talk about the journey because, like, people need to understand, the journey was real. It was tough. It was tough, right? Because there was a a few years even. Four years. Four years of battling. So treatments, I'm assuming chemo and all of that. Actually, we had had some special treatments when the cancer showed up in my bladder the first time. Um, they did some surgery, you know, through through the, putting the camera inside and it has tools and they can yeah. burn out tuner, tumors and stuff. So they did that the first time the tumors showed up. And then they have something called BCG. They and put they fill up your bladder with, I did have chemo that one time. Mm-hmm. and uh, But it's mainly a, a, an activation of your immune system, that they put a virus in your bladder okay. and it says attack, attack. Okay. So, uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's it's still painful and it's still challenging. Sure. But so you had treatments. I though, had treatments. And you had your, this tumor was removed, you had a kidney removed. Yes. And then comes this report. Yeah. 25 yeah. tumors in your bladder. Yeah. So what does that do for you? I mean, you're, you're staying in faith, you're seeking God, you're having a whole process of moving from a place of just begging God, please heal me, to... Like, Lord, I just want to know you, and, and, and I just want your presence in my life. And, and, you know, you're seeing some evidences, but here it is, like, almost like a third time or fourth time. Yeah. Like, it's back. The report's negative, right? Yeah. How do you, in your mind, just cope with that, deal with that? I have a story. Yeah, great. <laughs> One day, because I worked full-time and Paul was at home, he's a realtor, so he's able to work out of the office at home, but... Um, he spent the day, what is that dance? Learning a whole routine <laughs> of this dance. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even think of what it's called, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And so when I came home from work, he had this get up on. The, the guy has, from South Korea. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember it either. Though. Yeah. He does this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can't see that, hon. <laughs> if you could only see Don and the horse, You know, the horse range, you know. Yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It is on YouTube. Right. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, the you guy Sai from South Korea. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But I can't remember the name of it. But I'm saying Paul is on YouTube because I had to oh. video him. He was dressed in bright colors and he did this whole dance routine for me. Okay. And it was absolutely hilarious. And it was at the worst, lowest possible. I think it was the day before you were going in for that final surgery where they found he was healed. Okay. And um, when they... Uh, pushed him out of the OR. Yeah. He was drugged up still and tired, but his he was doing the motion of this dance okay. coming out of the OR. Oh, wow. 
So you just question, so basically you just said I'm going to choose joy no matter. Yes, well, you, yes. Yeah. The question is, what do you do when it's three strikes and you're out? Well, right. with God, there's no last chance. Right. There is no last chance. It's right. it's it's a million chances with the Lord. Right. But we had known His faithfulness and we had known His goodness, and because we were getting closer and closer to Him, we could feel His heart. Yeah. We could almost feel His heartbeat in our heart. Yeah. You know, and we read the scripture that said, you know, in this world, you will have trouble. Right. Then Jesus said, take heart. Yeah. I have overcome the world. Yeah. And then I said, what does that mean, Lord? He says, take my heart. Take mm. my heart of Jesus mm. for yourself. It's good. So what is Jesus' heart like? Yeah. And so we were like that. We tried to be like Jesus. Yeah. And so instead of wallowing in our troubles like most people would do, we started saying, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, restore unto me the joy of our salvation, Lord. Right. It's your salvation, but it's to us. So joy really is a choice. It is a yes. choice. Yeah. Even in difficult, you can choose joy. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming into the early part of 2014. You guys have been married now four years, but now basically four years, three and a half years, battle with this cancer. That's right. And negative report after negative report, and here we are. The last report is 25 aggressive tumors Huge in your... Huge 25 tumors. In your bladder. I'm lying on the operating table with the camera inside me, and he turns the, the monitor for me to see. Yeah. And it's it's like huge heads of ca red cauliflower. Yeah. Like, not that physically big, but that's what it looked like. Right. And he looked at me with a really sad face, the surgeon, and said, I've got... I'm sorry, you know, this is really bad. Yeah. You're going to have to have your bladder removed, these tumors removed, then your bladder removed, and your prostate removed, because wow. with this amount of tumors, it's going to spread everywhere. Yeah. And so that was very disheartening, but we still didn't give up. Right. We still didn't give up. As a matter of fact, just when we got that news, I was in the hospital for another examination, and I'm... I'm saying to the Lord, what what do you want us to do, Lord? I'm there. I think it's for some sort of a treatment, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was one of those BCG mm -hmm. treatments. And we realized that God wants to use all the circumstances, even your worst, lowest parts. Because I said to the Lord, I got nothing. Yeah. I'm weak. I have nothing, Lord. He says, good. I heard the Holy Spirit say, good. Now I can use you. Right. So a nurse came in while I'm getting this treatment on, a, on an operating table. And uh, you, they leave you alone for an hour while, while this thing goes on. And nurse comes in and says, how are you doing? And, and the Lord said, ask her how, he's do how she's doing. And I said, okay, how are you doing? She says, oh, and then she broke down in tears right in front of me. This okay. is like God's setup. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, in the midst of your biggest challenges, you need to choose to ask God to use you. Yeah. And anyway, we prayed for this nurse to have a baby because she had lost five babies through miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, six months later... She was pregnant, oh, wow. and now she has a four-year-old oh, wow. yes. baby boy. Wow. So God bless you. You know, that's the real key. Like, just in the midst of your trial, don't miss the opportunity to minister to others. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right? And so you're so focused. So I know at our church here, which we often do, at the beginning of the year, we always have a time of prayer and fasting. And that time, we had a week of prayer and fasting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we even had, like, we call it all-night prayer, but we basically go from 6 till midnight. Mm -hmm. So it's not quite all night, but uh, it's all evening for mm -hmm. sure. And I know you guys came to that. And we're not saying that that was the night you got healed. We don't know if we really know the exact moment. But that week, I know you're just pressing in. Mm -hmm. People were praying for you. Mm -hmm. And I know it was a real week because the end of the week is when you're going to have this surgery, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. 
And uh, I know it was a real week of just surrender, um, not like giving up surrender, but just surrendering to the Lord's purposes yeah. and plans yeah. and, yeah? Yeah, it was. And people were so kind to us. Um, we weren't complaining, but you could see that we were saddened and there was pain involved. and There was stress. Were, there was stress, but the, I can't... I can't stress enough about the body of Christ and coming alongside those that are in need. Right. Uh, and that people would run towards the body and towards Jesus and not away. Such a good word it's because, so you know, in my ministry experience, I see so many people that when the challenge comes, they, they keep it private. And I know sometimes there's a degree of confidentiality that has to be kept, especially when maybe it involves other people in certain circumstances. But I think that so often is a mistake. I mean, yeah. you know, we need to be real with one another, honest. And uh, that's what the body of Christ is there for, yeah, the family. Right. And if you run away from it, then you feel, well, the church wasn't there. But, you know, if you really run to it, people are going to be there to care. They are. They are. And it was a good time. And you're right. We did spend that pretty much that whole week uh, of prayer and fasting yes. at church. We came every night. I mean, what else will we do? Yeah. What else are you going to do? Right. You're going to go drink 20 beers? and right. Like, it's just, it doesn't help you. Yeah. Exactly. We only knew that there was one place for help. Right. And that only comes through trusting Jesus. So the day comes. Yep. You're going into the operating table. Yeah. Operating it, room. It was the Monday after that week of prayer and fasting. Okay. And God So had, you're on the, the gurney going in the operating room, and the plan is to remove not just the tumors, but your bladder and your prostate. That's the plan. Yeah, so Donna, you're in a waiting room, I'm right. sure. Yes. And what's going Our through your mind? Our whole family was in a waiting room, and I should say that um, some of the beauty that we received from these ashes yeah. is that because we had a blended family, Right. I have three children, and Paul has three children, yeah. it drew like everyone bunch. together. Yeah. We <laughs> all rallied around Paul, and they became brothers and sisters. They call each other brothers and sisters even now. Oh, awesome. Aunts, uncles, they are completely cemented They're as not one. not stepdaughters. There's no step in our family. Yeah. It's all because God brought us together through yeah. challenging circumstances. So please, folks, don't ignore what God is doing because you don't understand it. All right. God's ways aren't our ways. Mm -hmm. right. We only see this in hindsight now. Exactly. So yes, we were all gathered. Yeah. So yes, so I'm I'm in surgery and we we we're prayed up. We're trusting the Lord. We don't know the outcome. You know, the option was: do you want a bag on the outside or the inside yeah. of your body? You know, um, and who knows? I really didn't want any of that. Quite well, frankly, sure. <laughs> you know, like, I really Sign didn't. me up for that. <laughs> so in that time of prayer and fasting, uh, before we went to surgery, uh, we were speaking to the Lord, and it got to the point where. You know, Lord, it's okay, whatever you want, yeah. whatever you want. And I could sense the heart of Jesus. I could feel him. Right. And it was wow. like I climbed up on Daddy's lap, even. Oh, wow. You know? And so it didn't matter anymore to me yeah. what happened. Yeah. But, I, of course, I wanted to be healed and right. be whole. and made, But because of that relationship that had developed over that four years of fighting cancer... It was such beauty that was exchanged yeah. for ashes. So, to jump to the quick here, uh, when you awaken, I mean, it must have been a little bit surprised. I imagine he got out a little sooner than what was expected, or maybe? or Well, you the know? doctor came out prior. Okay. And talk came to out you. to talk to me. Yeah. And, of course, everyone yeah. rallied around. 
And um, he was just astounded by what he found. And I won't steal Paul's thunder to say, but um, still convincing him that we're healed and there's been a miracle is a bit of a process. He still wants to keep checking every few months and making sure, which is great. He's sure. just being diligent. Um, but it was it was a very but happy day. He didn't day. really have a lot of... It was a happy day. He was quite taken with well, it. Well, was, was. it was quite a shock for me waking up in the recovery room. Yeah. And normally there's just nurses in there. The, right. the surgeons don't go into there. Right. But I woke up and he was standing at the end of my bed. Yeah. And that's when he said... I don't know what's going on, but I have really good news for you. Yeah. And I said, okay, what is it? I'm kind of groggy, so, you know. Yeah. But anyway, he says, all the 25 tumors were shriveled up. Many of them were just floating around inside your bladder, and I just scooped them all out. He says, you've been given another chance. Wow. Hallelujah. And we just, I, I'm thanking God. I'm almost jumping out with the IV in my arm. <laughs> You're doing you know, that dance. Like I'm doing the, 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 yeah, I wish I could remember the name. It's not often. It's, it's like the macaron. It's or, like a fat or something. Yeah, Whatever it was. I can't remember. Uh, it was, we'll have to do it on Sunday. Everybody that's listening knows exactly what we're <laughs> Yeah, I know about. they do. But it's, uh, that's, that's what happened, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I'm constantly getting follow-up checkups. And they used to be every month and then every three months and now every six months. And, there's never been any cancer. So the cancer was gone, the tumors, it just really scooped them out, healthy bladder, healthy prostate, yes. Yes. everything. That was 2014, yep. early 2014. That's right. This is now 2019. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's like five years. Yep. This coming 2020 will be six years mm -hmm. since that time. And you're going for regular checkups. Yep. Yep. I know they're extending the time, but every time it's clean, it's clear, it's you're in good health. Well, mm -hmm. and the surgeon is totally amazed because bladder cancer is 90% recurring. Wow. So, and he's asking Paul now if he, Paul will talk to some of his patients. Okay. Yeah, so... Which is a great open door. So this is an incredible miracle. <laughs> I mean, just there's just no two ways about it. And we just give God all the praise. Amen. And Hallelujah. just another testimony of how God has used this now. So now, like we're now uh, five years, six, coming up to six years. Uh, a year ago, I had a gentleman contact me. He was commissioned by the Pentecostal Charismatic Association of North America, where they asked Dean Murrow, a popular Christian author, if he would uh, find 40 stories of miracles in North America. They didn't want Africa miracle stories, India, like over, it had to be North American and in the last couple years. It couldn't be like from 100 years ago. They wanted faith building, true miracle stories. And uh, so the, they contacted our Pentecostal assemblies and somebody said, you call Tim Gibb. And they called me and I said, well, I got a couple for you. I've got a, I've got a few. I sent him probably about half a dozen miracle stories and they chose two of them. So out of the 40 stories, two come out of our church, which is pretty remarkable. And one is your story. Yes. And it's in a book called Miracle Invasion. You can Google it or Amazon, go up on Amazon, find it, and order it. And in there, there'll be a chapter on the real estate agent from Petrolia that got healed of cancer. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So, I mean, this, this has gone around the world. And this is what excites me is because Paul... Um, you know, you guys were planning after you got married to go to Ukraine and you kind of lost that opportunity. That's right. And uh, I mean, it would have been great and you were going to go to some villages and some churches or whatever and, and minister. 
but it seemed like, like, I'm sure in the mind, it was like, Lord, like, we're looking to do something, you know, good, we're looking to do something for you, we're taking time, and we kind of lost this, right? Like, what's going on? And then, 2018, you come with me to Ukraine, yep. and uh, you, you came thinking you're just going to give a testimony a couple times, and I left you in a city, and you preached seven times, and <laughs> had to take a train back to Kiev, and that was quite... <laughs> All I can tell you, God has a sense of humor, and he doesn't miss a moment, you know, right. because, you know, I think a lot of us have words of destiny spoken over us, and in our lives, and there wasn't some in our lives and when we first got married and so on. But, you know, God's timing is not our timing. Right. His ways aren't ours. Right. And so as much as I wanted to share the good news with people, it's all about God's when you're ready. Some of these things that are happening to people that are listening today is preparation for God using you. There you go. And, you know, when we got to the Ukraine, my expectation was just to give you a hand and, right. you know, yeah, sure, I can share a testimony, but, you know... It was good for me to do what what happened there, to right. be able to preach on my own and share testimony and to grow up in our faith, Yeah, you know? I had every confidence in you, but I was there for a conference and uh, with a big church in Ukraine that has a television reach that goes all over all the Slavic, uh, all the, the Russian-speaking nations, even into America, People can pick it up anywhere in the world, really, through satellite. You have the right satellite. But um, so I was the preacher at this church, and several thousand people were there. And um, But then through television, and, uh, of course, I had you come up before I preached to share your testimony. Yeah. So I just think that, you know, like, it just really strikes me. It's a real helpful even to me because, you know, back then, and, you know, it would have been great, but, you know, your impact would have been much smaller. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, this has been robbed from me, st- stolen from me. Mm-hmm. Even as I say that, I'm thinking of the scriptures as if the thief be caught, he has to restore That's sevenfold, exactly. right? That's right. So something seemed to be taken. But now here, you go through this thing, and now you're proclaiming the good news of Amen. Jesus as Savior and Healer to literally like thousands of people yeah. all over Russia, Ukraine, all the... Which was a prophetic word given to him prior to that. On your honeymoon at the church? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Fulfilled. And you know, it was and what the enemy yeah. means for bad, exactly. God turns around for good. That's his yeah. plan. So, yeah. you know, if there's challenges in our lives, folks, please don't think it's all bad. Yeah. It might be a challenge now, but God can turn anything around for good, especially what the enemy tries to do to you. Right. Now, I just want to touch on one other part of your story, and I don't want to be too much longer here, but um, the time in Kettle Point, mm-hmm. that ended with some disappointment. There was some uh, injury, I don't mean physical injury, but relationship. I mean, I don't know what you can say about it, but... Well, yeah, uh, we, had, we had wonderful ministry time there, yeah. and, uh, you know, the Lord kept emphasizing that we're to mend broken hearts and not try and fix problems, so we didn't do that. We ministered even out of our own brokenness, which is great because then God can actually use you. When you think you're something, you're actually nothing. But Mm -hmm. when you're nothing, God makes you something. (laughs) So it's it's a really great way to learn. So we had bought a home there and um, leased the land because we wanted to be amongst the people. And that was a great experience for us. Uh, we felt after the two years we spent there in the middle of fighting cancer as well that our, our calling was finished there. We yep. had accomplished what we wanted. There was some great increase in uh, 
and people and lives changed. So we said, okay, and thank the pastor you. was ordained. And, during and that the pastor time. that had been pastoring there for many many years hadn't officially got ordained, and we encouraged him and got him ordained, uh, got him a little spot of his own, and and it was a, it was a great time. But we did run into some challenge when we went to sell the property um, that. Uh, it kind of got stolen from us, I guess I could say. Sure. Uh, and that would be it, and it was a great financial burden on us. But yeah. even through that, yeah. we never blamed God. Um, but I will say that at that time when this challenge happened to us, and it was a great financial blow, I still wasn't healed. Right. I still was fighting cancer, mm-hmm. and we were still praising God. So there was a real test for you guys there. I yes. mean, huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Because there was a significant loss, and the opportunity to become bitter, angry, to get into, like, just unforgiveness. Exactly. Uh, boy, if you had gone there, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure there was the temptation to at well, times, but you... Not, I'm not perfect, so... We had right. to work through we it. We had yeah, to work through six months of working through that. Right. And I will tell you that eventually I did forgive... The yeah. person that it caused this, and I forgave him from my heart, not from my head. Yeah. And there's a big difference. Yeah. And when I had done that, I honestly believe it allowed God, it was part of the, the growing up process into the Lord and getting close to him, and it allowed God to now work even deeper in my life. Right. With unforgiveness in your heart, right. and you're holding something and a bitterness against someone else, you are actually blocking the presence of God. Right. So um, we don't have to get into the details, but I know that when we've talked, like, this is like, you talk about a financial loss, uh, and it wasn't because of um, just bad choices on no. your part. It was something that was, it wasn't hit, internal, yeah. yeah, and something kind of stolen from you. Yeah. And, uh, like, we're not talking like a couple hundred dollars. We're talking significant financial Well over a hundred thousand. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that's a big, uh, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. you know, one thing to forgive when someone's stolen $5 from you. It's another thing when it's hundred over $100,000. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to be healed, and yeah. I also want, didn't want to be judged. I mean, so the reason I even bring it up, because it is part of your story, and two things I want to get at with that. One is, like, you just finished three weeks of teaching here at Bethel in our uh, Wednesday night Bible study on the issue of forgiveness, yes. right? So it's a subject that's dear to your heart, walking people through it. Mm-hmm. So what can you just say to people in that, um, you know, just a, the, the, just a real quick summary of this, this last few weeks that you've been teaching and what you've learned in your, you know, the importance of forgiveness and as it relates to healing, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that um, sometimes when we say forgiveness, we express it in a lighter way than it actually is because it's multifaceted and um, as well as forgiving it's a matter of not making judgments on people and and that takes some work sure and um, you know to be in the grace of God we have to extend mercy when we want mercy right and so that process is something that we all have to work through. You know, after this three weeks, we realize, because we keep learning, even though it impacted our lives earlier, we keep learning that it is crucial to forgive others and not judge them 
in order for you to be blessed and right. stay in the presence of God. And if there's a healing involved, you may very well unknowingly be blocking it by having unforgiveness in your heart. Right. So it's a big thing. It's really challenging in certain situations, but the, even the scripture admonishes us, we have to remember what Christ has done for us. That's yes. right. Right? And then it helps us And because to release, he's forgiven us. Because he's forgiven us. He expects us. Matter of fact, he doesn't just expect, he commands us. Right. That we must forgive others right. if we want forgiveness for ourselves. And it's not our place to judge. God's the judge. Amen. And he says, vengeance is mine. That's right. And that's right. not ours, right? That's right. So we just have to give that to the Lord. And doesn't mean, forgiveness doesn't mean saying what they did was right or it's just okay. That's right. But it's just, I release that, I let God take care of it, and I'm just going to... I owe you, you owe me nothing. Has yeah. to be your bottom line. Yeah, wow. You and God me. will make it up to me. See, yeah. this is the next step to that, is you trust God that he will make it up to you. Right. So on that light, if I, I'll continue with this, because of this great financial loss, we ended up with a mortgage on our house back in Petrolia. Right. And out of the blue, we worked very hard for two years to, to pay off quite a bit of that mortgage. We put every penny, every income tax return, every, everything on that. And then out of the blue, a family member comes along and says, I'm going to pay the rest of your mortgage off. Wow. <laughs> and because of that, it was trusting God to make it up to us. Yes. Right. Now, obviously, that thought never came into your mind, I'm sure, that somebody would pay off my no. mortgage or this person. Yeah. And but, we weren't complaining. We weren't right. going around bemoaning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's God's work. Right. But here comes the blessing. Yeah. That's right. You know, in a lot of ways, I mean, I just reminded the story of Job. And I know I used to say Job, all kinds of dynamics and connotations and people have all kinds of thoughts. You know, but, I could never read that book until yeah. he was sick. Okay. And then I read every word. I just wow. couldn't get enough of it. You know, the story of Job, actually, it wasn't uh, like years and years of his life. Like some commentators say it may have just even been a year of that real significant trial. Now, the reality, the reality is it was a significant trial, yes. a huge loss. But what we see, even the scripture says, what God intended in the end, mm -hmm. and it was a tremendous blessing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things were restored to Job even double than everything that he had lost, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, God is a restorer. He's a blesser. He prospers us. It doesn't mean that we don't go through challenges, but... Don't close the book yet. There's more chapters to be written, That's right? That's exactly right. And uh, we go through things. And, uh, yeah, we also have to have a perspective that, uh, you know, we're not just, like, have a mindset, well, it's just trial after trial. No, we have a mindset. We're in victory. We're in peace. That's we're right. in, in blessing. But we're not ignorant. We don't have our heads in the sand and know that, hey, in this world we do have trouble. But Jesus said, be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. And this, then John the apostle writes and said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith, yeah. right? And faith is just trusting God yeah. and, and just seeking his presence, trusting him that, and the scripture just keeps coming to me, that all things will work for the good of those that love the Lord. That's right. You know, and so you just fall in love with Jesus, trusting in him, and, you know, you go through what seems some setbacks, but so oftentimes it becomes setups, mm -hmm. and the blessing comes, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And... Uh, so I just appreciate both of you so very, very much. Uh, you're just both capable ministers of, of uh, God's word and ministers to people. You're a blessing to me or a blessing to our church. And um, 
and uh, just thrilled how God has turned these situations around as a testimony. You know, we often say you can't have a testimony without a test. Mm -hmm. So you had a you had a great. People say, "I want a great testimony." Oh, okay, <laughs> you have a great you test. You have a victory without a, a war. <laughs> yeah, but you both uh, just seeing you both the beauty of Jesus and a real heart for people to really minister to people. And Paul, I affirm you as a as just a great preacher of the word and uh, and uh, just moving in the things of the spirit. And when we were in Ukraine, we've been on a few missions trips now. We were in Colombia yeah, and Ukraine, and we're looking forward to what the future will hold. Amen. And we want to see Donna join us on one of these <laughs> amen, trips. But, but um, you know, um, just your ability to communicate God's word, encourage people, and even have the prophetic word for people is a great blessing. And I know even this. So, you know, as we just finish here today, um, I'm sure there's people listening that maybe are going through a fiery trial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter said, don't think it's strange mm -hmm. when the fiery trial comes, mm -hmm. right? And maybe you could just speak uh, just real quick, one, sure. uh, just a quick word and maybe just a prayer. Yeah. Because, uh, you know what, there's no, you know, the one thing amazing about God is, you know, somebody can even listen to this podcast a year from now or something and that prayer can activate something because there's you, no Lord. distance in God, right? right? In time or space. So just give you both a moment and just yeah. lead in a prayer and we'll end uh, that way. You know, one of the things that comes to my mind just before we pray is that faith is believing in what you can't see. And our reward for faith is receiving what we've believed in. Amen. So, Lord, tonight we come to you, and we know that as people might be listening to this, that they're going through challenges in their life, and they may be depressed and down, but, God, we don't give up. You don't give up on us, Lord, and we so appreciate that. So we press in, Lord, and I pray for those that might be listening and having a big challenge. That God, you would stretch out their hand, your hand to them and, and reach unto them and draw them to yourself. And let them know that you're a good God and you don't give anybody sickness and you don't take away things that are blessings that you've given. They're, they're ours for, forever, Lord. And so your word is true and your promises are true. And God, we stand firm on that tonight. And, and I pray for those that might be in need and have a challenge in their life. I say, Lord, would you reach out your hand that is not too short, that you would reach out your hand and touch their lives and draw them to yourself. Help them to understand that you're a loving and a good father, not out to hurt us, but you're for us and not against us. And God, I bless them to receive every plan and purpose that you have for their life. Folks, just hold on. Just hold on tight to the Lord. Seek the giver of the life, not the, the, the gift. Seek the healer and not the healing, but seek the heart of Jesus because he's the one that can touch your life. Get into his presence and into his word and into fellowship with believers around you that can support and love you. Father, I just bless them because I love them and you love them even more than I do. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Paul and Donna, for being a part of this thank podcast. You. And uh, you're a great blessing. I trust it's been a blessing to the people. And this church has been a great blessing yeah, to thank us. You, thank Pastor you, Pastor so Kim. Much. We so appreciate you and your honesty and your clearness of the Word of God. And you're willing to serve even be above and beyond. God bless you. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful day.